Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. football podcast your wednesday edition good times uh chris vaccaro's here yes i am nando uh an unbelievable week five in fantasy football and in the nfl great games action-packed all week long even straight through the monday night game uh great games and hopefully uh you didn't drop kyle pitts last week nando all right, well, you could have just said hi, you know, like, because I'm going to bring Brandon Mary and Lee's back. Hi, it's Yay! bye week, baby, so I had to come back and get you ready. We missed, the singing. we missed the singing on this show, <laughs> uh, Brandon, last couple of weeks. Oh, well, Nando used to call me showboat Brandon sometimes because I was on a showboat <laughs> doing musical theater in, high, in uh, college, and he saw pictures, and so, so showboat Brandon's back. Well, first of all, I didn't time. know that was that was for public consumption. And secondly, <laughs> I believe your sisters told me about Showboat. Yeah, because they're evil. So they tell people anyway, so I'm just getting ahead of the joke. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm in on it, you know. <laughs> I don't mind. I mean, I don't mind referring to you as Showboat for the rest of this. That's a, But it's Chris's nickname, too, so that mess is going to mess things up. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. So we got to just go with, with, with Chris has overtaken Showboat, but I'm the singing Showboat, I guess would be the way to put it. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, so let's get to it. Uh, we got a great show today. We had a great show before Chris Vaccaro demanded we put seven things into the rundown. So mm-hmm. um, just to keep him happy early, let's get to his stuff first, which is actually good stuff, Chrissy. I do like. I do want to talk about the Steelers' offense. I think it's really interesting. Um, let's start there. And it, stop me when you think something I'm saying is wrong. Just in the quick little intro. No, this should take. Ben Roethlis- this shouldn't take long. But go ahead. Ben Roethlisberger's a mess. Juju mm-hmm. Smith-Schuster is out. Uh, Najee Harris had an injury in the game last week that everyone seemed concerned about at the time, but no one seems to be concerned about right now. Um, this has gone so completely 180 from what the Steelers had been the last couple of years. Even without, even after Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown were gone, they still recovered. They were fine. You had a great receiving core. Ben Roethlisberger before last year was you know healthy and chucking the ball, mm-hmm. and now they got a new offensive coordinator, and it's like just a, a I would call it a mess. Are you cool calling it a mess? Uh, yeah. Chris, there's two it? of yeah, there's two of us here, Nando. You gotta tell us. Uh, oh, sorry, I was, was just, uh, like Chris Apine first because this is your. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Yeah, it is a mess. Um, it, it's it's not looking good in Pittsburgh. Big Ben is unhappy. He's got his new coordinator trying to design new plays for him and put men in motion, and he's not liking it. But uh, you know, I. I've, he shot, you know, what can we do? You know, he's 39 years old, and the uh, the offense is heading south. We, we Juju Smith-Schuster gets uh, hurt this past week, and he's out for the year. But Chase Claypool uh, emerges and puts up big numbers. And uh, going forward, I, I mean, is the team going anywhere? No. I think it's, uh, you know, the, the time to blow up the Steelers after this year. But for fantasy purposes, 
This is a three-man offense, possibly a fourth. I'll get to the fourth guy I think is emerging here. But Deontay Johnson and Claypool are going to be solid wide receiver twos uh, going forward with Juju. Because that was the, the, you know, listen, all three of these receivers were being drafted in the top 75 off the board. But the caveat to drafting them was, hey, if one of them went down, the other two are going to be, like, really intriguing even more Deontay Johnson was standalone like a solid number two receiver to begin with but now he could rival wide receiver one numbers I think with the volume he's going to see um and Claypool a number two but don't forget this tight end Friar Muth um you know with Juju out of the offense running routes uh you know around the line of scrimmage I think this guy I think Friar Muth could be one of those sneaky tight end ads going forward that can uh, help the tight end needy teams and maybe be one of those five for 50 type tight ends uh, in Pittsburgh as a third option in the pass game. Brandon, did you have anything invested in the Steelers offense? Were you, were you on it? Well, as, as I said on the show numerous times, I was big on Najee Harris because I believed that he was going to get touches. And he's actually the only of the three wide receivers um, and him, or, which were the big people that were being drafted early. He's the only one who hasn't missed a game. Um, so that's good. Also, the gazillions of touches that he's getting, whether it's in the passing game or in the running game. But the real problem here is that they're going to have to figure out how to run the ball at least a little bit here. Um, they are the second fewest rushing yards per game in the National Football League. Only the Dolphins have less. They're averaging 70.4 to 73.6 for the Steelers. Even the New York Jets are averaging over 74 Hmm. yards per game rushing, not the Steelers. They need to figure out ways to get this offense going. And I think without Juju there, at least to keep defenses honest, I think it's going to be weird. I like the Friermuth call. Obviously, James Washington's a big one that everyone's talking about. I think that's going to be a thing. And I cannot wait for Eric Ebron to steal touchdowns moving forward and all of us to cry you know it's coming it hasn't happened yet but I'm waiting do not pick up Eric Ebron though but the point is is that that's what this offense is right now Najee Harris though still super solid I would almost think about this might be the week that you want to I know this sounds weird you might be able to actually get him lower because people are so down on the Pittsburgh offense and I think out of all the running backs this year he is just one of the most consistent and I think that will continue if not more so moving forward yeah I think it's it's real life compared to fantasy here when you look at the Pittsburgh run game you know we're playing fantasy we don't care that they're struggling in the run game because at the end of the day you look up at Najee Harris's, uh, you know, numbers, and they're there. He's getting, you know, a ton of mm-hmm. work in the in the pass game. He's getting in the end zone. Gets enough carries and action to, you know, support him as a what he is a top ten running back every single week, a lock and load RB one. So, are they struggling in the run game? Yeah, we knew that their offensive line was garbage coming into the year, and it's held up. True, it's not that good, um, mm-hmm. but. You know, he's he's a PPR monster out of the backfield. And um, last point on the Steelers, like you said, with uh, Ebron, hopefully they faded him out of this offense and they're going to turn it over knowing that this team really isn't going too far. Let's give uh, the tight end position over fully to the uh, the young kid, for, uh, Pat Fryermuth. I just want to make sure. So, so Najee Harris has a calf quote-unquote injury i mean i, I thought like, it was a cramp it. he left uh, with, with cramps i, I don't they're saying it's an actual know, I mean, they, injury they or no no i don't know I'm, that's what i'm saying like this is something where maybe i mean maybe it's worse than they're letting on i have no idea i'm just making sure we're not worried about this at all because calves are weird yeah absolutely are, you don't want to take someone calf. out yeah 
Okay. I, yeah, I thought they said like it was like this general soreness, cramp. It's very vague. He said cramps. I mean, you're right. Harris Keep your said eye cramp. on it. Harris said it was cramps and he's fine, so I'm going to go with that. But if you see something yes. about an injury, then... So naive. Yeah. I don't know. He yeah. just believes anything these players say, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the yeah. truth. But, you know, the guy still, you know, carried, you know, the ball for 23 times. I, I, they're not going to go away from him. And certainly his efficiency in the passing game with Juju out, they're going to use him even more. I, I, I know that sounds bizarre. Maybe not more, but but he'll continue this same level, which is great in fantasy right now, right? So, um, you know, I, I don't see them going anywhere else unless something really bad happens. But, but yeah, keep your eye out. Obviously, um, you know, this is a, a Wednesday show, so keep your eye on the injuries. But what I'm seeing is is pretty mild. So I'm hoping that's the case because, man, if, if Harris isn't there, then, yeah, I start getting sad. Let me just throw this out. I mean, we're talking about Najee Harris and how good he is. Um, would you trade away your Nick Chubb for him? Chris? Uh, you're talking to someone that's in love with Nick Chubb. I, might I know, feel, that's why uh, I picked Nick Chubb. No, no, I, I, I right. couldn't do it. But it's a fair trade. That's, it's yeah, fair. Oh, it's, but it's, I don't like doing that because it's like like for like. I mean, one well, of them might score credit? 10 more fantasy points this season. You know what I'm saying? Like they're kind of the same I level I mean, it's a trade me, you should so. make, honestly, if you're, you know, you want Harris over Chubb just because, you know, Harris is a 95% snap rate. You know, he just doesn't leave the field. He gets the volume. He gets the pass game. Uh, Chubb is, you know, has to contend with the Kareem Hunt love, but you know, Chubb's on a better team with a great offensive line, and you saw what he can do this past week. Even with fifty percent of the work, is he could put up the twenty-five easy fantasy points because the holes are wide open, and he gets in the end zone a lot more. So, you know, it's volume over efficiency, I guess, when you're looking at Harris or Chubb. But I think most people would say, hey, no, you got to give me Harris in that deal over Nick Chubb. Are any of the wide receivers, would you say no in a trade? And I know it gets into what do you need and stuff, but like Brandon, like if someone's like a gimme Devontae Adams, gimme Tyreek Hill for my Najee Harris, would you see more value in Harris? If I have great wide receivers underneath, maybe. Yeah, because the yeah, run, running back that. position is so tough right now. There aren't a lot of running backs that I feel great about on a week-to-week basis. There, mm-hmm. um, And so I think it depends how I feel about the rest of my wide receiver core, of course. But I do think that those are things that I would I would consider maybe – I mean that that's a little steep, but um, certainly I would I would be open. I, I mean I really do. I think that the running back position right now um, is the harder one to fill than wide receiver. Yeah, you're always taking a stud RB one over a stud wide receiver one right now in today's uh, fantasy landscape. The way the year is yeah. shaping up, in my opinion. I just wanted to make sure he'd entered that conversation completely. No, he's like to that point, you know? Right. He has to, yeah. Especially because he's the only person getting over 90% of the snaps in the National Football League who's a running back. Literally. He's it. So yeah. you have to, yeah. All right, let's move on to uh, the Seattle Seahawks, who are going to be without Russell Wilson. Mm. Um, I know Chris wanted to talk about this because of the trickle-down effect to the rest of the offense, but I wanted to quickly bring up Geno Smith. Um, I feel like... Of course you do. He, I feel like he hasn't got a fair shake. I mean, he was the Jets quarterback and was, you know, everyone coming off the Jets gets that stench. Mm-hmm. They were a joke. But that one game when he started for the Giants, when they ended Eli Manning's streak, dude came in with, like, crazy pressure. His, nah, his uh, starting wide receiver was Tavares King. 
Okay. Well, this was in like what ninety seven, I believe. No, was, I mean, two years. He's been backing up Russell Wilson for like the last three decades and, and hasn't played. So what what are we gonna hang our hat on here with Geno Smith? I gotta hang Where my hat on Geno Smith instead of worrying about oh what's gonna happen to Lockett, what's gonna happen to Metcalf, uh, you know what's gonna happen to Chris Carson or whoever the quarterback is. When, you know, yeah, I, I don't is. think this is going to be Davis Mills in the first two, three games when he took over for Houston and they're throwing for like 30 yards and they can't move the ball. I think Geno Smith will be able to move the ball. Uh, he's obviously a huge downgrade from Russell Wilson and the chemistry that he had with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I think both get you know pushed down a peg where Tyler Lockett was pushing for a you know, back-end wide receiver one season. I think you have to look at him as a, a back-end two, high-end wide receiver three now for these next month without Russ. And DK, I don't think you could look at him as a wide receiver one top 12 type w- without Russ. I think he goes down to about a wide receiver two. But the defense is so brutal in Seattle that they're going to be playing from behind. There's going to be the pass volume. And these two guys are still going to be able to contribute in your starting lineup. It's just not what it was with Russ Wilson. But please don't tell people to go out and start Geno Smith, Nanda. I'm not saying start Geno Smith. I'm saying, all right, maybe if you're in a Superflex league, spend a little money. Like, I spent 22 bucks to get Geno Smith in the Superflex league. <laughs> yeah, you did. Well, I was in trouble. I mean, I have Daniel Jones, um, mm. Tyrod Taylor. Shame with Daniel had, Jones, like, too, because that didn't look good with the concussion. And I don't know if we see him uh, this week versus the Rams. All right, that's we're talking about Geno Smith now. I know, but I'm just bouncing around because yeah. I want to get off the Geno Smith twenty-minute conversation that you're going to. Geno Smith is going to run. He's going to run, and he's got incredible receivers. I mean, I don't know why people are off Geno Smith. They think he sucked when he was on the Jets and had no receivers. Well, I, here, here's how I feel about this. This week they're at Pittsburgh, right? Okay, we know that Pittsburgh's hot, kind of a hot mess, but still we're, we're thinking that that's going to be an interesting game. Then it's New Orleans at home, Jacksonville at home. Then it's the bye. Now, Russell Wilson, God love him, but he thinks he's coming back in Week 10 at Green Bay. I think that is a massively optimistic outlook from a man who's never missed a football game. And I get it. He's 32 years old. It's very impressive, the whole streak that he had there. Congratulations. But that is too early. So then you have your issues because you're at Green Bay, Arizona, at Washington, San Francisco. Then in week 14, we're at Houston. But we got a problem here after the bye. So I I actually don't think it's going to be too bad these first three games. Um, although, you know, Seattle, they want to get back to that ground and pound. You know, that's their whole thing. Well, now they're definitely going to do that if they don't have Russell Wilson. So uh, They might not have Chris Carson either, though, Brandon. I know. So I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to ground and pound. And, and it's going to be a it's, – it's a very weird deal here. So my problem is I'm just worried they're not going to have Geno Smith throw the ball, right? So and, – and especially against those teams, they may not need to. It depends. I mean, obviously, the Seattle defense has been historically bad. So, it, you know, it kind of can go either way. But but certainly after the bye, I get really concerned. And I don't think, and especially if they don't win all three of these games, they have to win all three of these games to stay relevant in that league, or in their division, right? They cannot go any more downhill. Um, I don't know if they're going to rush Russell, Russell Wilson back. So I guess my feeling is, if I can get premium for DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett right now, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Just I'm looking at the schedule, and I feel like that is the smart decision. I feel better about Geno Smith than the average bear, I guess. That's just my... But I don't feel good about the play calling. 
And I don't feel good True. about their defense. And I don't feel good about the chances of them. I feel great it. about their defense. It's it's fantasy football. I love the fact that they're the worst defense in football. What's what's there not to feel great about? This isn't we're not. Mm. It's not real life football. We're, we're not worried. The reason that why real life anywhere. affects it is because if they lose games, they are out of the running for the playoffs. And if they're out mm-hmm. of the running for the playoffs, that means that Russell Wilson isn't coming back. Uh, That's why I don't no, like the defense. No, no. If when Russell Wilson's ready, he's coming back. It, this is. An 18 week season it's not like it's going to be put if he's ready to go totally. in week 10 or 11 there's still eight more games to go seven or eight more games to go they're not holding russ wilson out you know he's right but when it's but time to go it's time to go is by far the earliest timetable so if they're not going to rush him back if and week 10 He's still kind of in the middle. If they if they win all those games, which which we would have thought if Russell Wilson was there, right? Then they, you know, that would be one thing. But if they start struggling, I think there's a possibility that they're like, listen, this is our dude. He's 32 years old. We want to make sure he's fully healed. And then we're all of a sudden to week 12. And now you may not have the chance to make your playoffs in your fantasy league, right? So we have to think a little bit farther. And that's why I don't like the defenses because if they start losing games because their defense can't hold people like Jacksonville, which is very possible – then I just see, think they will give Russell, they will force Russell Wilson, because I know he wants to come back as soon as possible. This is not about him at all. But I think they might be like, yo, we need you to really be 110%, especially if Geno's functional, but it's the defense and we don't have a chance anyway. That's what I mean by that. Because that's going to affect your team. Geno Smith is younger than Russell Wilson, by the way. Yeah, if Russell Wilson's 32 years old. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not a young dude. He's, you know, Can we, we keep, keep thinking in mind that, that this some... is a finger, though, and not like a, you know, like a knee that he's trying to come back from or like a, you know, a shoulder, something that could, pro, you know, like really mess up his career. It's a finger. When it gets, when it's ready to go and it's healed, he's going to be out there on the field. There's no like, let's save Russ from Russ. His knee is going to not hold up. It's a finger. So when it's ready to go, it's ready to go. But. You know, I, I just look at it, I guess, a little differently than, than you guys do. It's it's Can we get Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf through these next three weeks and, and serviceable, uh, you know, then hit the bye? And then if Russ is there, you know, after that, a week or two after, then he's ready to go. He's playing. If not, those are four bad defenses, Brandon, that you mentioned after the bye. That Lockett and Metcalf are still going to be more than serviceable, so... I'm not, I mean, it's a downgrade, like I said, for sure, but it's not the end of the world here with Gino at the helm for the next four or five weeks. I love it. Um, all right, fine. We'll get off Gino Smith for, for a minute. Let's move on to Tavon Austin. I love that it's know, not one, about one the Seahawks. Point. It's Gino Smith. Yeah. yeah <laughs> well, I, exactly. I think Gino Smith played. Yeah. If you believe that Gino Smith is better than like everyone, th- you know, Oh, he's terrible. Well, he's what's a joke. giving he's you? Wait, I, I just want to stop you right there, now, because I need you to explain this. What's giving you the idea that he is what you saw seven years ago as a Jet? Like, it, what? What are you going off of with with Geno Smith? That he's good. Yeah, he was like, okay when he saying? came in. I'm just, I'm, I'm saying that I think he did. He Gino looked Smith great. Better than not great, but you know, he looked pretty good in in the fourth quarter yeah. there last week. Yeah. He got them down the field. That's why I'm saying. It's not going to be that huge of a, of a drop-off. It's not like Davis Mills, you know, like people. Right. It's not like that, but. It's not like he's Mike Glennon. And not to crap on Mike Glennon, right. but I mean like. But Gino again, Smith comes in playing the same style that Russell Wilson does. Totally. Which is what I think also helps the, the offense. All right. But well, the reason why Russell Wilson is so good is he's so efficient. His touchdown to pass ratio is insane, right? 
and, and even if Geno Smith is just like average at that, they are not going to score the same because of the play calling. That's my point. I'm talking about real football here. I am worried that they are going to say we can ground and pound. That's the way we're going to win football games with Geno Smith because that's how they feel about Russell Wilson, right? So they're definitely going to feel that way about Geno Smith. And that's my problem with the pass catchers is that it's the coaching staff. It's not Geno. It's not the pass catchers themselves. It is the coaching staff and their philosophy, even with Chris Carson out. I mean, they are just like obsessed with establishing the run in a way that's just like so 1990s. And that's fine. Fine. We know that. But they're going to do that even more so. So it's not even Geno. It's like if he's not given the opportunities – He's not going to be able to do it. And again, I think we we underestimate how efficient Russell Wilson is with the passes that he does make. So even if Gino is good but not over the top like Russell Wilson, he's just not going to have the same impact from on your fantasy or for your fantasy teams. So that's why I'm saying like if I me if I can get something massive for the two pass catchers that are like big time right now, Lockett, and, and this is interesting to me because I think real football is going to affect your fantasy team in this instance and I and you know it's not about Geno to me it's about the coaching staff let's uh can we please move on from Geno Smith now everyone uh let's jump back into the show now and let's talk Kadarius Tony Brandon Marion Lee um where's your ranking of Kadarius Tony right now among wide receivers I, I know Selfina wrote he was top 40 very loudly in the headline um, are you top 30, top 40? Is the sky the limit? Or is this like Sterling Shepard's coming back, man? This is going to kind of mess up things. Um, I think top 40 is the accurate um, place to put him right now. I would like to see what this offense looks like with him and Sterling Shepard together before I get over the top. But he's obviously must add, I mean, 189 yards, you know, uh, 10 catches, obviously, on 13 targets. I don't love that he punched someone in a helmet because that's just dumb. <laughs> I just Anytime that happens, I always think to myself, why? Why do people do this? But anyway, other than that, yeah, obviously must daddy. And, and everyone should be excited. This is fun. He's actually someone that's exciting on that you could have gotten on waivers. He's gone now, but hope you got him. It's crazy. They just, right, Chris? Like, they just turned him on. Like, they were just like nothing, 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 mm-hmm. boom. Right, like it was. Well, okay. he missed time. I in, yeah. yeah, I mean, he missed time in camp, so maybe he was a little bit behind with the playbook and everything like that. But you know, hey, we drafted this guy first round, and uh, it's time to shine. There's no way they could take him off the field now after what he's done these last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, it's, and by we, by we, you're speaking for the entire New York Giants organization. Absolutely. Sorry, I got <laughs> put a little uh, Giant fan in me there, um, but. Listen, you know, Kenny Galladay is going to miss the next week or hopefully two. And I say hopefully because I don't own any kind of Kenny Galladay and (laughs) I own a ton of Kadarius Tony. So the more pieces I could get out of this offense and let Kadarius Tony shine, you know, the happier I am. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say back end wide receiver two going forward here for Kadarius Tony. Now, yes, Brandon is right. Uh, The Sterling Shepard. Coming back into the offense, if it's going to be this week or maybe another week away, is going to be interesting to me. But here's what I here's my prediction on this offense. Um, Evan Ingram is a, a free agent after this year, and he hasn't really ever gotten going in this offense. Arizona just lost Max Williams at the tight end position. And I could see a scenario, a trade scenario in the next coming weeks where Arizona gets on the uh, on the phone 
and makes a move to, to trade for Evan Ingram. Clear up the middle of the of, of the field here. Put Shepard and Tony out there, 100% of the snaps together. And then when Galladay and Slayton are back, let them stay on the outside. Kadarius Tony can go inside and he could go outside, just like he showed in, in Dallas uh, this past week. So there's no way we could take this guy off the field, whether Shepard is in or out of the offense. Um, I'm a little worried about Tony this week. Um, if, if he's going to be in the slot a ton, that's where Jalen Ramsey has, you know, been predominantly staying. I don't know if he follow if they look at the Giants' offense without a Galladay and Slayton and say, okay, Ramsey, you got the kid Tony, their biggest weapon this week without Barkley, uh, going to be in the lineup as well. The Giants are going to be completely decimated coming into Week Six, and and Ramsey could really slow Tony down. But this Tony hype train is on the move. Um, and, and I look for big things the rest of the year from him, sort of just like the way OBJ back in the day as a first-round draft pick for the Giants came in in the middle of the season and took off and, and helped fantasy teams win championships. I'm not going to say Tony's to that level, but he's a major piece in, in the puzzle of fantasy teams uh, from here on out. You know what I hate about the punching of the helmet? is that now every defender is going to try to taunt him to get him to break. And he's a and, head case, too. So he's a little yeah, bit of so, a head case. So, so we got, you know, I, I hope that they're able to get that stopped in some way. But unfortunately, he put two targets on himself, right? One, he's someone who loses control. So especially someone like Jalen Ramsey in the middle of the slot's going to be like, and we're going to see what happens there. And then two, he obviously put up 189 yards. So now, yeah, they're going to, defenses are going to plan for that. So um, I don't think we're going to see that particular game again for a while. And certainly um, defenses that can handle it will. And so um, especially because there just aren't that many other pass catchers in, in the at the Giants, so uh, I, I'm worried. I do not like the two targets. That's why I'm keeping it top 40, but still, again, he for a lot of people, you could get him on waivers, and it was awesome, and you should feel good about it, so I'm still excited. I just am tempering it a little bit because I did not like the double target that he put on himself. I like that. I can't figure him out. I can't figure out if the, the Giants are going to, if this is the start of something that you want to really latch on to and maybe even pay up big for him. Or if it's like just an anomaly. I'd be paying up big and fat. If, if he's available for our, our Not listeners. Not fat, trade. I'm already talking trade. Uh, okay. I, I mean, say, is he available anywhere anymore? No, he shouldn't. No, come on, be. Chris. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, okay, so now I, I go from a high stakes <laughs> mentality of this guy's been owned all year long, and he's not to now the the home league, and now you want to get on me? Okay, I got you, Nando. That was good. Uh, he's not like he's not Cordero Patterson territory, right? Like if you're talking trade, or is he? I would say no, uh, not to uh, me. What a could Cordaro Patterson for Kadarius Tony trade. Fair. Yeah, I'm just trying to. I'm no, trying to find fair. him on the scale. It's right. fair. I'm, I'm maybe I'm a little higher on Tony than most, but uh, I think that's fair. Um, how about like ah uh, the, the segment I, of the week where Nando makes twenty different uh, trade I'm scenarios. Sorry, I'm, trying, I'm just trying to figure out like where, where <laughs> I love his worth these. Is. No, keep going because I love these. Go ahead. Uh, Cortland Sutton for Kadarius Tony. Yeah, who would you rather have? Cortland Sutton. Bren. Yeah, I'd rather have Sutton. Well, you're a Broncos homer, so no. No, he set you up right there. No, uh, no, no, I'm just yeah. kidding. Except about, for I'm like the worst homer that always has like negative opinions about the team. I'm like, ah. How anyway, about um, Amari, Amari Cooper? I'll stop. Come on. 
I'm serious. I'm asking. No, like, I mean that's just ridiculous. Amari Cooper is a legit, you know, big time wide receiver. Nobody's making that trade. But there's this huge drop off after these guys, like T. Higgins. I don't know. T. Higgins or Kadarius Tony. I would do Tony. Oh, I would do T. Higgins in a second. There we go. Talk that out, you two. No. All right, how about no, I mean, I, I think it just comes down to, you guys know how I feel about Cincinnati. I just feel like it's too erratic. It's what? Too erratic of an offense. Yeah, it, it is going to be too erratic, but it's a high-powered offense. And, and it looks like Jamar Chase uh, is the clear every week one. He's been the consistent guy, but, you know. Totally. T. Higgins. That's why I'm saying, weeks. like, I think there's a possibility Tony is Chase. Right, I think that's because of that potential. Oh, wow. I would take him over Higgins because I think he could be the guy in the Giants that that we that he really takes over. I even though I'm saying I'm ner- you know I'm nervous. I'm just saying that there is that potential where I don't think T Higgins is going to take over Chase, so he's always going to be number two, mm. in my opinion. I'm a big like I'm that. a big T Higgins fan, and in that offense, I, I mean, I, I think a lot of us forgetting about what T Higgins is and how great of a receiver he is because he hasn't been around, you know, he played this past week, first game back after the injury, but T Higgins is, is a solid high end wide receiver too. All right. Well, so I assume like if Brandon had Kadarius, Tony, no, wait, no, that trade wouldn't work at all. Cause you two are, uh, <laughs> never mind. Nobody knows. What I, already, these, I, trade th- yeah, these trade things are too confusing. Let's move on to the next topic. Shall we? We shall. shall. All right. Um, let me skip around here a little bit. I don't know. Like, if, Do you want to get into Fields and Trey Lance, or do you want to get off the league winners off the waiver wire? And whatever you want to do. Meh. We're done. I think, well, I mean, we have a full <laughs> waiver wire show. Um, let's talk about Fields and Lance, because I do, like, I got a couple questions about Fields and, like, that trickle-down effect. Yeah. Um, we saw two bad games from Fields, one good one. I don't know mm-hmm. what that means exactly. I thought the Bill Lazor play calling would have been the key, mm-hmm. and then... It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon, where are you on fields? Are you, uh, like, I don't even know. Like, you don't keep him on your bench, right, during these bye weeks. He's a drop candidate. But how how strongly do you hold on to him, I guess? I'm not. I mean, right. and especially now that there's, like, even a slight knee injury, you know, I just think that this coaching staff is just, like, dedicated to not, you know, letting him loose. And I, I don't think that this is going to get any better. He hasn't been over QB 30 all season, even in his good games. So, um He's, he's not, not getting it done. And then, you know, Lance, you know, he's combined, you know, for 22 completions off of 47 pass attempts. So, um, you know, it's, it's hard to commit to either right now. This is the problem with rookies, and this is why it was okay to have them as, like, the this, this second person because there's this potential and whatnot. And that could happen definitely toward the end of the season. But we're in bye weeks now. I don't know. I, I don't – there are very few teams – um, where I feel 110% committed to their explosion, and I don't already have a pretty good option already that's been replacing them the majority of the season. So um, it's up to you guys, you know, as to, like, how, you know, you need to know what your league settings are, as I always say. But in my opinion, you know, we've got, we've got two, at bare minimum, very inconsistent plays right now um, at a position that typically you only need one of. And I just don't think that this is a big deal anymore. And it's too bad. Now, next year, am I going to draft them early? Sure, probably. I mean, I still think that potential is there. But man, the circumstances don't look great, in my opinion. And certainly the stats haven't worked out. More so for Lance, though, of course. His his stats have been much, much better. Um, but I still think they're committed to Garoppolo when he comes back. 
and they're on bye this week. I think it's it's dicey. You got to make some bye week decisions, and so it's gonna be tough. Chris, these were two of your uh, guys. I, I mean, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go that far, but they, I mean, they were everyone's lotto tickets at the quarterback position coming into this year, and um, I think with the Trey Lance lotto ticket, I think you could kind of rip it up and and throw it off to the side because now with the knee sprain. Uh, Shanahan looking like, yeah, we're going back to Jimmy G. And unless this team falls apart down the stretch, second half of the season, doesn't look like they're going to go back to Trey Lance. So uh, I was hoping that he took the ball and ran with it, um, you know, big time and blew up in this game versus Arizona. But he really didn't. Uh, 89 rushing yards is what you want to see when you're investing in a fantasy quarterback. Uh, But it doesn't look like... Uh, you know, the job is going to be his out of the bye and, and going forward. So if you want to stash him in competitive leagues, uh, yeah, sure. You, you don't drop either of these guys in, in, in competitive leagues. But, um, you know, for me going forward, I, I, it's definitely Fields over Lance just because Fields has the job, but you got to hope that it turns around and he gives you more because it hasn't been pretty for uh, Justin Fields in Chicago at all. I can't see it staying this bad. He's got to start using his legs more and contributing. I thought he'd be an easy 50, 60 rushing yards every game, even if he was struggling to get to 200 passing. But, um, you, you know, it, it just it just needs to turn around. I can't use Fields until he picks his game up at all as a quarterback. Uh, but it, there's no dropping uh, Justin Fields. So I thought the way you did it, the way you explained it the preseason was mm-hmm. get like a – I think it was something like below a Tannehill. Like the strategy was get like one of these kind of later-ish yeah. guys and then pair him with Fields so, and Lance because yeah, yeah what it, was it happening work out. yeah what was happening is in the in the high stakes market is you know everybody was drafting Lance and Fields in that like 12 13 that back end QB1 low end one as their first quarterback knowing that neither one of these guys was starting from day 1. But that's how much upside they carried coming into the season especially as running quarterbacks. Um, and, and what I did on a few teams um, was, you know, take Fields or Lance and then back them up with a Kirk Cousins and a Sam Darnold, who I believed in. And, you know, I haven't used either one of these guys yet, Fields or Lance, and, and I've been doing well with Kirk Cousins and, and um, Sam Darnold before this week. Um, and, you know, it, it looks like I thought I had the opportunity now to be like, all right, I got through four or five weeks with the veteran, steady veteran. And now here it's coming. It's Fields and Lance time to take over and take over my team, you know, for the rest of the season. And it's been a huge stop sign. So now I'm like, uh oh, I-, I can't cash in the lotto ticket at the window. Now I'm back to just having some back end veterans as my quarterbacks. Uh, I could do worse than than Kirk Cousins and Sam Darnold and working the wire, but. I prefer to have the big dog at the quarterback position because my other teams that have the Lamars and the Josh Allens, like I'm more comfortable playing that way than this other way. But it's going to, you know, I'm going to have to make do now. Well, we all wish you luck. Oh, thank you, Nando. Um, I appreciate it. Well, I mean, most of us do. (laughs) I mean, it makes me feel, you know, warm and fuzzy when you tell me things like that. All right, now back to the show. Wave a wire. Brandon, Marion Lee. Um, How hard did you? Uh, since we're in normal leagues, go uh, after like you know the hot name. I think the hot name is uh, Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams. I don't know how we're uh, saying that. I should know that. Uh, anyway, did you go like hard on him? It seemed like everyone was doing it, but I, I just what I'm like more Jarek McKinnony, I guess. 
Yeah, no, I, I did like the standard like uh, 20 buck. Did you win? I think I got them in one. Hey. The other ones I got them in, and then other people went wacky. Did you, did you kind of have the, the pull to someone else? Are you Dan Arnold, maybe? I, I tried to get Dan Arnold for, I, I think I put in like for five or something, or maybe three. I can't remember. I didn't do like too much. But yeah, I mean, I, I also enjoy the, the Dan Arnold post trade usage spike from this week. And yeah, I mean, I, I win a little bit on that too. I didn't, yeah, I, I'm worried about the McKinnon situation. Um, however, I had some links when Daryl Williams was already on people's rosters. And I was like, really? That is some foresight. Dang. So good for them. Um, but yeah, so I went I went okay. I just feel like at the beginning of the season, part of our complaints was that they didn't even need a running back. Right? The Kansas right. City Chiefs. We were all worried that like is Clyde, you know, people were even saying, you could draw Clyde Edwards in there because they're nuts. But but that was happening. So if he's not there anymore, I just have a tough time believing that all of a sudden like someone's gonna be a big bell cow out of here. I, I just I'm not feeling it. So I'm with you. I kind of did a but I always say this. Even if someone is so hyped up and you yourself are listening to all these podcasts and radio and you're reading all these articles and you're like, oh, everyone's going to go for this dude. Again, I just put in like the standard like 20, like whatever, and I was able to get him in some leagues. So you never know. So always just even if you're not as hyped, if you're like, yeah, I'd take him for 20 just in case, go for it because you could end up with them. So I just want to continue that advice throughout the season, no matter how hyped you think someone is. People, especially starting now with the buys and everything else, a lot of people get busy. The season isn't as hot and sexy as it was in weeks one through three. And so people are getting a little lazy. So you may still win. So still put it in. Wednesday creeps up on you, too. It does. And you're like, oh, I just watched football. How could I put in waivers on a Tuesday? Like, so That's why they're supposed to be done on Wednesday night, Brandon. No, there it is. <laughs> oh, there it yeah, is. we were waiting. We were setting, teeing it up. <laughs> it, it sounds to me like they're done on Wednesday nights for people who want to see what everyone else did first and aren't confident. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly what it is, Nando. <laughs> You're right. Mm-hmm. Chris, go ahead, man. I, I know you uh, You probably, I, I'm guessing you have some kind of opinion on this. Uh, no, I mean, listen, I think we got to temper expectations. Everybody's desperate for running back help. So, you know, Williams is going to be the hot guy off the wire and where he is available. But... You know, this is only going to last three weeks. Uh, you know, Clyde's on IR. It's not like he's a season ender. So he's going to be back. But, hey, if you're desperate at the running back position and you need a, a rental to fill in and get you those 10, 12 PPR points, then, you know, Williams is your guy. I don't think he steps in here and drops 25 fantasy points. But, you know, he comes attached to a high-powered offense. He's going to play, you know, the majority of the snaps. I think McKinnon will be the third down back. Um, but you know what, inside the five, I think it'll be Williams. And I think he could fall into the end zone, you know, these next couple of weeks and help you out. So, uh, I think it's, you know, more about what you need as, as a, you know, as a fantasy team right now, maybe you're the Dalvin cook owner and you're looking at the schedule going, okay. Uh, you know, he's got a bye week in week seven and, and maybe they sit him out again this week. So now I don't have him for three straight weeks, but these next two, I just need to get through and cover my RB1 spot. Um, and, you know, same thing with a Saquon Barkley owner. Same with if you're the Clyde Edwards owner. You know, running backs are going down left and right. And uh, Williams is the guy that can fill in here. You know, we last week it was Damian Williams. We saw what he could do. Uh, Khalil Herbert's another okay. one on the wire. If you, you know, weren't, uh, if people slept on him last week. 
Uh, he got 18 carries, uh, you know, in the game last week and looked good doing it. So it's another name that you can help you out at the running back position this week. Do you think that's going to go forward with like that? I mean, that kind of bulk for who? That kind of volume for who are we talking? Uh, for Khalil Herbert. Yeah, I think it'll be you know like a 55-45. I think they're both. I think Herbert's established himself, uh, you know, as someone that's not going to be kept off the field. It's not going to be where I think Damian Williams owners hope that he would step in and be the Montgomery and, and, and get, you know, 80% of the snaps. I think it'll be split pretty much down the middle, but I think they're both useful back-end RB2s. Chris, you've been talking about Wayne Gallman the last couple of weeks uh, mm. as a sneaky ad. Mm. Is it, I mean, with him on a buy, and I guess you, you, if you picked him up before, you're kind of still considering him a hold anyway, so the buy shouldn't yeah. have any bearing on mm-hmm. it. But if you want to go after Herbert... You drop Wayne Gallman? Or yeah. Is that too short sighted. No, no, no. You drop Gallman for Herbert for sure. But um, you know the the Gallman thing. I'll reiterate again. It's a long season and it's a long you know it's a longer outlook. And when you're in deeper leagues and there's nothing available on the wire and you see a Wayne Gallman there, it's just a back to put on. It's a bet again. I got a lot of this in my comment section about Gallman. Oh, I don't understand what you're seeing with Gallman. I'm not seeing anything. I, I know what Gallman is. I know he's a decent back. I know if given the opportunity, he's he'll be better than Mike Davis, um, and, and that's what I'm banking on. I'm banking on at you know week nine, ten as a stash as the RB six you don't need on your bench that they continue. You know they fade Mike Davis out of this offense. They're never going to give Cordaro Patterson eighty percent of the you know the carries or whatever. So. It's a bet against the starter, Mike Davis, and hopefully you look up in week 10 or 11, and Goldman is getting 60% of the carries in this backfield. That's Brandon I also want to add oh, John good. Brown to the equation here. He's oh, good old John Brown. Denver Broncos. Hmm. Um, and the Broncos just keep, I mean, they are just snake bit with injuries. I, it is really unfortunate what's going on over there. Um, so check on him if you're in a, a deep league for sure. And then um, Jerry Judy should be coming back soon, too. Oh, no one's please. talking about that. And please. if you're in a league where that doesn't have IR and someone is, was ridiculous, he may be available and or you could still maybe trade for him low in a package deal. So I would think about those two players as well. I really oh, hope, Judy. To- I've been um, praying that Judy's back in week. I mean, I don't think he'll be back in week seven. But if, if I can get him back in all my lineups in week eight, he's probably my highest owned uh, player. Uh, that'd be great to get him back week eight. And then, you know, it's not only just getting him back, it's how is he going to react to, you know, the high ankle sprain that's usually a death, uh, you know, a, a death kill for, um, you know, wide receivers. We have to uh, wrap this up. Our producer, Michael Beller, has got another show. Um, but really quickly, uh, Brandon, in honor of you being back, Tavon Austin had five receptions, five five, five targets, 54 yards, um, but played only 34% of the snaps this week. He was in uh, 73% the week before. I know he's not going to be the new Cordell Patterson, but um, is this, you know, the, the chart starting to go up and ascend, or is it empty because he didn't play in a lot of snaps? 
I'm so glad we're ending on this. This we is I saw Chris requested it. Chris just texted me. He's like, "Hey, can we just wrap up with Cordero?" Uh, with yeah, look with, at that. You, you, you can't even get Cordero off your brain or, or Tavon with the Austin. next Cordero Patterson. Yeah, right. No, I mean, listen. The, the, the season is long, my friend. You, yes, you listener may have to at some point plug and play Tavon Austin because it's getting brutal out there. That is not a compliment to anyone. It's just where we're at. So yeah, sure. I mean, you have to play Tavon no, Austin, I don't think your season's going nowhere. It's it's tragic, um, but you know, it's happening. So no, I think I think it's really important to point out that Cordero Patterson is an anomaly, and I do want to say that nine times out of ten, snap count does matter. So if someone's only playing in thirty percent of the snaps, there's typically a reason for that, and you need to keep your eye out. But um, you know, it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting, and I and I just think that you know we're in weird bye week territory, and you know, um, this also means that you need to be super cognizant of this for your trades in terms of value as to who's had to buy and who hasn't, and the timing. You can kind of get players lower sometimes if they are on their buy. It may give you a rough week, but if you're going to have a rough week anyway, look at your schedule. Is there a week where you have so many people on buy it doesn't matter, and maybe that's the week you really change things on your team? Think about it. You're probably going to lose anyway, so why not just pick up someone who's also on buy and get a deal there? So um, I just want to say, you know, so that – and then that maybe that'll be the week you play Tavon Austin because no one else is available. But the point is, is that this is exciting times, and we are going to have to start talking about these deeper cuts, and uh, I'm just glad it was on the – <laughs> rundown because I was like, I feel like I'm home. I feel like I'm home. When Tavon Austin for is the, on the rundown. For the listeners at home, can you please um, uh, tweet at Nando to screenshot all his teams that uh, have Tavon Austin rostered so we know he's not a fraud and he's putting his money where his mouth is with Tavon Austin, please? Why, do I do I come on here every day and be like I have Tavon Austin on all my teams? Well, I mean, uh, it, you should have him rostered, say, what about, right? What about Tavon Austin? You should have him rostered. And playing him, right? Yeah. If you're talking I do. about I think you I have him much. in the league we're in, don't you? I think you have yeah, him. Yeah, I got him in the, Yeah, that team is, I'm 0 5. That's a, that's no. a disaster. You're not 0 5. <laughs> no way. It's been such bad There's luck. No way. That is, There's no oh, way. Now you're, you're being sarcastic. All right, we'll take this. No way. I have go. the worst team in that league by far. Like, my team is trash. If you looked at it on paper, you'd be like, that's the worst team ever. I'm in third out of 14 teams. I'm killing it in that league. But if you looked at the team, you're like, there's no way this woman has won <laughs> one of these games. So you know what? Sometimes you just got to plug and play. You know, I've got, like, Mike Davis, Daryl Henderson. I got... Um, Damian Harris, like people, you're like, whatever, you know, but the rest of the team's just like booing. Every, you just, this is why you keep playing everybody. You just keep playing. You keep your head down, keep making the best moves. And it's, it's going to eventually work out. And even if you're zero and five right now, you can catch up, especially in ones where points four gets the last spot. Or if you, there are a lot of people that get into the playoffs, like, like this is actually a great week to look at the future. Like, look at the whole season again, because we get very week by week. Look at your whole season and say, how, what is my path to the playoffs? Because once you're in the playoffs, who cares, right? We're all on the same plane. So got to find your path to playoffs. You can do it. All right. On that note, we got to go. Uh, thank you all for joining us. Hope you enjoyed this. Welcome back, Brandon, Marianne Lee. Uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. It's, uh, Chris comes and knocks me out, and I'm not around for it. But thank you all for listening. <laughs> I'll see you later. Bye.